This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues and ideas that shape our lives with your guide, Dr. Matthew Jacoby. Well, good morning, listeners. Welcome to Perspectives as we continue our discussion through uh, Christian Worldview. And before we kick in today, I thought I've had a few people sort of contact me, well, a few, a couple of people contact me who have sort of joined the conversation a little late and they're kind of going, who, who are these guys that we're talking to? So I'm just going to take a moment to uh, perhaps be a little more thorough in our introduction. So uh, first of all, sitting over from me is uh, Dr. Matthias Gerhardt. He lets us call him Matt, uh, but Matt is a doctor of theology and philosophy, lectures at the Melbourne School of Theology. Uh, he's also an author, a musician, a songwriter, and a senior pastor. One thing you won't know about Matt, uh, and this is you know oh, believed no. to be true, is that Matt has actually <laughs> read more books than the chief proofreader for Penguin Publishing. So uh, that's no, that's, I don't what? think that's the case. <laughs> uh, and then, I don't of course, think that's the case. opposite Matt, we have uh, uh, Connell McClure. Uh, Connell is a business strategist, marketing analyst. Uh, Man of many talents. I don't, know. I don't know. He doesn't know either. Uh, software developer. And one thing you won't know about uh, about Connell is that he also has a number of pseudonyms or aliases. We can't tell you. Ah. One of them is Mark Lomack, but we can't tell you why he needs those uh, those aliases. But, no, it's um, Cram. It's fairly top. Oh, it's Cram. It's cram See, I was trying not to give it away, Connell. It's a great alias. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, he's involved in some <laughs> secret squirrel business. And, uh, of course, my name's Stu Duncan, and I'm here because I own the gear anyway uh, <laughs> that's good <laughs> i'm just gonna i just need to yeah, to correct you because uh, my doctoral work was in philosophy but it was really to do with a combination of theology and philosophy but strictly speaking in yes, philosophy sure. but i did i did study uh Theology first, and then uh, and then philosophy. I just, you know, I'm pedantic, so I have to, um, you know, just in case people think I've got a PhD in theology, it's actually PhD in philosophy. Yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> anyway, Stu, let's uh, let's, yeah, let's, let's get into, get into this conversation and, and, before uh, we bore people exactly. to death. Welcome, <laughs> welcome again, listeners. Great to have you with us. You know, we've been on quite a long journey through this Christian worldview thing, and if you have joined us fairly recently, I'd really encourage you to to go back to the start of the series because we've laid some really foundational groundwork, mm. I think, in terms of the conversations that we're having right now. And I think it would be really beneficial if you can find the time to skip back and have a listen to some of the previous episodes yeah. uh, where we began this journey. Yeah. And, and we're keen to draw out some of the practical implications of these things. And we do uh, want to get a little bit practical today, flowing out from what we talked about last week about how we know God. And, and you know, I did a bit of a survey of how we in our particular culture, how we tend to think yeah. and what we will recognize as knowledge. And, and uh, that's really important because we are children of our culture and we do tend to adopt the the kind of way of thinking uh, of our culture. And so there's a tendency to think that, you know, well, there's real knowledge of what we have of tangible things. And then there's sort of a second rate kind of knowledge that is faith. That what I wanted to really underscore is faith is not second-rate kind of knowledge yeah. or even a blind sort of knowledge is actually more immediate knowledge than even empirical knowledge because God reveals himself uh, directly to our hearts. Uh, in fact, in uh, Romans 8, Paul says, you know, the Spirit of God testifies to our spirit that we are children of God. That is that is immediate 
communication right there. And and so we have a very immediate knowledge of God. I talked about, I tried to dispel a kind of deism that sees God as sort of out there, only out there somewhere as some kind of distant being in the sky. Well, actually, we are immersed in the presence of God. Our very being, our consciousness is, is, a, is a perpetual participation in something that comes from God. He, he's not only the creator, but the sustainer and upholder of all things. So we are all experiencing God all the time it's just so constant we tend not to notice it yeah. so uh, it is the most constant it, it's the it's the base constant of all reality yeah. the, mm. the the um, God so hence you know I mean if if we rarely notice the air that we breathe and appreciate that mm. that is very far from a base constant whereas God is far far more fundamental and constant than the air that we breathe and if we we have a tendency not to notice and appreciate air believe me we can easily much more easily be the same with God but it's actually important that we do recognize God's presence and we do acknowledge God and and uh, you know there are times when God moves in our lives it's like again to use the metaphor of air we air is with us around us in us all the time uh, but air moves and when it moves we, it, we call it wind and and so too with God it's just important that that we don't think that God's not there unless we ha- and there's some kind of experience mm. something moves you know when the wind moves yeah. uh, you know things might fall over and whatever or you know the sails of a ship might fill and uh, it's important that the manifestations of God that we don't deify the manifestations of God, you know. So the sails fill and the sh- oh, there's God. Well, God is always that's that's, yeah. that's something that God has done. And you know, there are times when God does marvelous things. God heals and he he provides and does very tangible things mm-hmm. in our lives. But uh, things aren't God. God is that they are things that God does. Well, we we wrestled with that in the last podcast because really yeah. asking that looking. at the reality is there's a lot of dry periods often between yeah, those right. times when we yeah. very consciously acknowledge or feel that God is is present in a really tangible yeah. way. And in between those moments is often dry periods. And it, it, it seems to me just even more thinking than I've done on this is that that sense of constancy of God always around us, that's part of, I think, what God wants us to discover because irrespective of whether you're a Christian or not, that mm. constancy is is still there. You know, you're still breathing the same atmosphere and the same reality ar- around you. And we could say, well, that reality, the ability to be conscious and breathe and live on this planet is sustained by God. And that constancy yeah. is kind of what normality is. And that's similar for all of us. Mm. But I think what God wants to do is almost make us see God in that rather than just treat it as normal, as just sort of brush it away as, mm. as nothing significant. Yeah. So maybe that's what he's trying to achieve in the dry periods is going, I don't want you to experience me as something to be experienced that's, in a tangible yeah, way. I want you to dig your roots so deep down into me that's so that the normality that's of, of yeah. the day, you see me in that. Yeah. Where if you weren't a Christian, you'll look right through me. Yeah. You know, you look at the normality normality, and you won't see me. Yeah. But as a Christian, I want you to look at the normality and I want you to see me. And the only way that God can do that is to show us who he is and take a st- step back and, and leave us to rediscover and seek him within the normality of that rather than the... 
Yeah, a big experience. And that is the that that is the moment for faith, isn't it? Really, that's mm. when faith is really needed. And when you look at the Psalms, the expressions of feeling uh, perhaps abandoned or feeling the absence of God's activity in mm. in their lives, God's yeah. tangible activity in the midst of need and so forth. There's still an acknowledgement, and, and actually, what the Psalms demonstrate, in fact, is what faith actually does in those moments and and what you see in the psalms is they dig deeper actually and they uh, genuinely you will find them declaring something about the constancy of god's everlasting love mm. and god's everlasting commitment and they will find in that moment like they'll dig deeper and this is you know when jesus says seek and you shall find it's not that god's somewhere else it's something like what you described it's about dig deeper like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. burrow deeper and you'll actually find the constancy of god amidst all of the changing circumstances of life uh, if you dig underneath that you will find this constant bedrock of mm-hmm. reality and that is not only the reality and the presence of god but the faithfulness of god and the constant love of god and these are the moments in the psalms where when they discover that, you know, and and even before then, often before things change, there's a sense of it's going to be okay, you know, yeah. and th- there it's one of the remarkable features uh, of many of the lament psalms where where they lament God's seeming absence mm-hmm. um, is that often you find this change, this remarkable change as they burrow deeper, and you know, in psalms like Psalm 22 or 13. Uh, and other psalms like this, you get, and it happens a lot actually, and you get this song of praise yeah. uh, at the end. Uh, psalm 102 does the same thing. I could rattle off. And yet, and yet, it's kind yeah, of that's this, right. this is lament, 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 and yet I will trust God because. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and often, you, you know, a real song of praise, you know. Yeah, totally. So, uh, you know, that's that discovery of that of that. Concept. Can I just pick up on one thing? I think it's really, you know, when, and I mentioned this in the last episode as well. One of the things I've learned along the way, and I know a number of people journal and stuff like that, but at those times where you feel like you really are experiencing, you know, the presence of God in a, real, in a very real mm-hmm. way and you feel like you're getting that direction, it's really good to, you know, note that, yeah. write that down. Yeah. Because you can, when, in the times when you're in the desert, for want of a better term, you can go back and go, no, 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 I know for sure I heard from God at this point, you know, and mm. I think th- those are really useful, practical things we can do as, you know, in our faith is actually to, yeah. to journal those times where we really feel like God is guiding us, yeah. and us so clearly. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 f- I find that personally, and, and I, I really resonate with what you say, Connell, from experience, because mm. there are times when I really sense God reaching into me and, and doing things and, and but there are then times when I don't feel that and that is my opportunity to reach into God. It's it's the it's oh, that's great. It's mm-hmm. my it's my opportunity actually to seek him. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important dynamic, actually. I've I've discovered. It's those moments when I decide, uh, hang on, gee, I haven't I feel like I haven't really heard from God lately or or I haven't really responded much or I feel like I'm going a bit dry, that's my moment to make a decision. No, I don't want, this is not what I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, I, I want to hear from you. I, I can't live without. Those are the moments where actually I activate my decision and my faith to seek God mm-hmm. uh, in, in the times when, as I said, when he's not reaching in, into my life. Uh, those are the times when I reach into into the life yeah, of God. Great. Mm-hmm. You know? great. Yeah. And I think also... Part of that too is also grabbing hold of this idea of the constancy of God and being mm. okay with the idea that, you know, we want God to do a thing, 
like even in those dry periods, our, our prayer is really to, to pull us out of those dry yeah. periods. Yeah. And God doesn't necessarily answer that question. It's been mm. my experience. Mm. He leads me to to kind of keep pressing in through those dry periods. Yeah. But the thing that I've really had to learn is to be okay with that because the normalcy is mm. actually God. It's just we sort of learnt to dismiss God in the normalcy. So mm. I've got to be okay with the normalcy and the constancy of God within that as a as a concept and to, to look for God just in the fact of life yeah. around me every day. This, and I think that's what he wants. Isn't that kind of what he where he wants to lead us, that we're always in his presence is 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 in that. It's yeah. not it's not in the experience. It's not in the tangible sense. We yeah. talk you know, I mentioned last time too about I don't think God the idea of God being a personal God. He is a personal God, mm. but we translate that as a person that we go and see and immediately have a tangible experience of being with that person. The personal nature of God is actually all around us. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's literally what we live and breathe. It, it's everything. And I think yeah. that's he wants to take us from this yeah. idea of normalcy being not with God and God being kind of distant and someone to go and see or experience yeah. and instead make normalcy yeah. the actually God to, yeah. to discover him. <laughs> yeah. He That's wants right. us to That's discover great. him in that. Yeah. We we do get caught up in, in sensationalism in, yeah. in wanting and I mean that's probably a fairly cultural mm. thing. We like the sensational experiences. You know, experiences are something and God is more than just something. You know, God God is a you know infinite person. You know, he 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 has there's there's that personal element mm-hmm. and he's calling us to connect with that and you know uh, there, there are those wonderful moments where we feel like God's speaking into us, and it's like when you have a conversation, and then and then there's silence, and and maybe God has asked something of us, and it's our or, or implicitly asking something of us, and it's our turn then yeah. to actually reply and yeah, it's great, and say something. To, you know, it's like, um, have you got something to tell me, Connell? Is mm-hmm. there something that you want to mm-hmm. tell me? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I think there probably is. Uh-huh. You know, it's yeah. like, anyway, yeah. don't feel too convicted right now. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but but see, the other the thing is, the, the other thing is, and, and, <laughs> it, and this is this is another important dynamic here as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I just really want to mark this point because this is this is really important. Mm-hmm. This is where faith gets deeper, I think, because ultimately, faith in its deepest sense, we tend to think of faith as appropriating it's through faith that we appropriate things from god but actually faith in its deepest sense is not about appropriating things it's about mm-hmm. taking hold of god mm-hmm. it's that personal connection so believing for things right there and maybe there are listeners who who are just wanting something from god it may be perfectly valid. Thing. It Absolutely. may be healing. It may be, it, and, and, exactly. and God wants us to trust totally. Him for those things. Absolutely. Yep. But often He will withhold the things because He wants He wants faith to actually go deeper. He wants faith to actually find Him and find security in Him when you don't get the things. Yeah. And and for me, the most important moments have often been when I don't get the things that I yep. want. And I find God before I get those things, when everything is mm-hmm. going wrong, when, when I'm not, or none of my dreams and desires are being fulfilled, when I've, that's actually the moment for a deeper kind of faith. Uh, God is asking us often not to just believe harder from, for the things, right? And it's important that we respond to that. Otherwise, 
and and I and this is what see I see this in the Psalms actually they are always this, there's always this sense that the thing that they most want is they they want to find God in the midst of it uh, you know David in a lot of his desert prayers you know Psalm sixty three sixty three is an example of this and other Psalms he's seeking God actually this is the interesting thing he's seeking God my you know my body longs for you my soul thirsts for you he's not looking you know God when are you going to get me out of this situation like when are you going to kill Saul when are you going to restore me to my you know to to the kingdom when are you going to make me the king you promised me that I would be king and I'm not when are you going to there's none of that it's my soul thirst for you yeah so there's always a sense I want to find God now in while I'm in the desert while I'm being pursued while you know it's God God, I just need to find you. And that's a deeper. That's the deeper expression isn't of that, faith. But that is where he wants to lead us. It's not necessarily. That's even, right. It's not even to a place or a life experience other than probably yeah. the first priority that he wants to lead us to. The yeah. main objective. God takes the right place in yeah, our life. Yeah, exactly. Because the other way is, you know, when we we're going, God, I need this. I need you to do this. I need you to act in this way. If he wants to take us from a place where we've basically made ourselves gods of our mm. own life yeah. and that autonomy that we've sort of attained for ourselves or think we've attained for ourselves apart from God, well, we're God over our own life and so on. He needs to change us so that we actually now treat God as God. Yeah, exactly. Not us. So in order for him to do that, We've got to let go of this idea of God do this, God I want that, as if God's some kind of tool mm. yeah. that we can use to That's call right. upon to, yeah. to, to get what we want. And so I think God deliberately doesn't necessarily give us all the things we want. He wants us, the main objective is to deepen faith so that we can put God into the right place in our life, which is yeah. as as God, where he should be in our, yeah. in our life. And he, he needs us to dig deep faith roots. Yeah, that's to, right. To I mean, that. if we're in a situation where the thing that we just most want is, I got God, I want you to do this thing, right? I want, mm-hmm. you, I want, and it could be, man, it could be like healing in, in, yeah. in, in, in the most important mm-hmm. sense, you know, but if that becomes the most important thing, then we're kind of out of orbit a little bit. It's then actually in that situation, the thing actually that we most need is not to actually get that thing that we want. What we most need in that situation is to realize what it is that we do need the most. Mm-hmm. And what we do need the most is actually to find God and to find peace in the absence in of, any, of anything yeah. else. You That's know, right. And I mean, this is... The profound moment, I keep referring back to the Psalms because I think the Psalms mm. contain that bold element of faith. So we're not playing down any element of, no, you know, totally. like be bold in your faith, ask God for what you need, uh, go for that. But in, in the Psalms, the most important moments are those moments when they don't have what they want and yet they find peace with God in the midst of this. And Psalm 73 is one of the most stunning examples uh, of this, you know, here is a a psalmist who almost lose is very close to losing his faith. He he's just cannot understand why he's racked with sickness and lack, and and you know everyone is healthy and wealthy around him, and 
and yet he's trusted in God and he's getting nothing for it. Right? Mm. And then, you know, he, he enters the sanctuary of God with his complaint and he has this realization and there's the, those stunning uh, words in the middle of the psalm. He, he, he says, yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and afterward you'll take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? Mm-hmm. And the earth has nothing I desire besides you. Mm-hmm. That is the deepest moment of truth. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it's one of the deepest moments of truth in, in the Bible, really. Yeah. It, it's it's similar, and actually Psalm 73 is similar in its trajectory, actually, to Job, to the book of Job. And, you know, right in the middle of Job's complaint, you have Job saying, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Mm-hmm. Man, that is remarkable, right? Yeah. It's like in it, even in the face of death itself, there is this sense, I'm going to trust God. That's the deeper, mm-hmm. deeper faith. That's that's the kind of faith that ultimately God wants to lead mm-hmm. us to. It's not, and again, in our evangelical you know tradition, we can tend to be captivated by the faith that gets stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the faith to raise the dead or to, you know, uh, to heal the mm-hmm. sick or to mm-hmm. you know um, make yeah. something appear. You know, it, it, we we tend oh that's the you know that's what great faith looks like. Mm-hmm. No, not not according to scripture. That's not the greatest faith. That's not even the yeah. the kind of goal that in terms of faith mm. that we're to strive for. Actually, it's the Psalm 73 type of faith mm-hmm. that is yeah. really the deepest, deepest form yeah. of faith. It's when we don't get all of those things, mm-hmm. and yet, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. That's yeah. the deepest, mm. uh, deepest moment. And and I think, you know, I think we've got to be, we've got to be careful, uh, you know, and there's a maturity in that as well, in that, in the realization of that. You know, I think there are, times when, yes, God, he wants us to bring our needs to him. That's very important. We should do that. If, if we have needs, bring them to God, right? And and God will answer us. But uh, and we're so, not saying those needs aren't that's important right. either. No. You know, yeah, we're not, we're not saying, saying and we're not saying God won't do that. God no, right. will do remarkable things in response to prayer, mm. and we should trust in God for those things. But we need to understand this context that there's a deeper relational faith that is really more important than anything uh, in that, yeah. in that you, context. And I can see why that is a, a difficult thing, probably a journey that God needs to take us on. Like it's not a simple thing. Like giving us something is probably an easy, like he can just make things happen, but actually transforming us to a point where we're willing to give up on our own yeah. aspiration and ego and agendas and, and our God complex and all of that to actually come to a point and go, even if you slay me, you yeah. know, even if you completely turn your face from me, even if it seems like yeah. you're completely distance, distant from me, yeah. I will still trust you and, and put my faith in you. Because I mean that... You know, I shared a little bit of my own story through through mm. doubt last in last mm. time, and it wasn't until from endless wrestling with doubt until I actually, you know, got before God and said, "Look, I'm not making any more requests of you. Mm. Um, you you can destroy me. I think mm. even use those words. You can mm. destroy me, take everything from me. You can never speak to me again. Never reveal your presence to me again. Mm. And I'm making a commitment." That even if that's how you want it to be, then I will still stand because mm. I have no one else mm. but you, God. And mm. that was the breakthrough yeah. for me. And so I know that that's where God wanted that. And that was years of struggle and doubt and mm. back and forth with God. And yeah. it wasn't until I came to that point that, that that's when he gave me that 
that was a tangible experience where for a moment he actually stripped all doubt mm. from me. And that was actually scary to, to actually have no doubt whatsoever because it's almost like you kind of come face to face with reality in its purest form mm. and it, it's hard to deal with. But, mm. you know, I know that that's where God always wants to keep taking me. Mm. And yet, even though I know that, I still go through those dry periods. You know, that's not the end of my story. I still fell back into serious doubt mm. and, mm. you know, disengaged with God again and on goes the rest of my life and there's multiple other things, you know, along the way. But I still keep coming back as well to those markers, like you said, Stuart, yeah. through those dry periods. We're, and, you know, what God wants us to really deepen our roots and it seems like he's distant, but there's always markers. Mm. Mm. They're always, there are always times when he actually does come. Like it, he's mm. not always absent. Mm. He comes, it's like he recharges us mm. really for the yeah. rest of the journey. <clears throat> he gives us what we need in order to get yeah. through that dry period. But those dry periods, I think, are necessary. And, and he's always leading us to that deeper, yeah. Yeah. to that deeper place. And that's... That's the key, and I, and I think that's the sort of mature faith that he's, you know, he's leading us just towards. Just, yeah, just coming back to that, you know, and we do want to lean on faith, and we do want to pray for things and for healing yeah, yeah. and all those sorts of things. But the natural extension of that is that we then try to explain why God didn't do that for us or why yeah. God did uh, do yeah, that for yeah. us. And the point is we can't explain that that's because right. we Good don't point. just know. We just don't know God's ways. Yeah. They are so far beyond us. And that's where faith really kicks in. It's because this is what I'm praying for God. But I accept that I don't know what's best for me. Yeah. And I'm going to trust yeah. whatever you do. Here's what I think. I'm going to trust that's whatever right. you do. And, I think and, so, some, and sometimes we never – there are sometimes in retrospect you can see. Yes, why you didn't get that thing that you, and yeah. then there are some things that you never, yeah. that you'll exactly. never really know. I mean, and, and it could just be that actually we need to understand, it's that bigger context getting back to, and we've mm. just talked about this before. We, we don't live in a world where everything goes right and we always get what is due to us or what would naturally come forth or what, like it's, the, the world is just wrong. Like it's not the way that it should be. And this is, you know, we talked about that in terms of the sort of narrative context, you know, everything isn't purely logical and, and you know, uh, the dominoes don't always fall in, in the way that they should. And so, you know, sometimes things are just bad and and God lets us sit in that badness because he actually doesn't want us to like this life the way that it is you know yeah. he wants us to enjoy all of the goodness that he's put into life and 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 that he shows to us in life we do need to feel the chaos a little bit and the wrongness and the and, mm. the, and the sting enough so that we just don't get too you know too comfortable so there's that but then there's the trust that recognizes that even through all of that none of that chaos is going to thwart the purpose that God has for me. And this is life is not us about us getting everything that we want. Mm. It's about us doing and being the person that God wants us to be and doing the things that he wants us to do. That's what life is about. You know, mm. you know, this is where I get to my, you know, the illustration I've used before about like we're in, you know, we're like a troop on mission that gets dropped out of a helicopter on one mountain, go and do this mission, go here, dot, 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 you know, and then I'll, and then you'll get picked up on the other mountain. Life is, is mission, you know, and, uh, and, and we shouldn't expect that it's going to be easy. And it's also temporal and it's also in relative to eternity. It's, 
Yeah, so it's not always that's right, and it's not always about us getting the things that we want, right? You know, I mean, sometimes God wants us to limp through because Mm. He wants to. You know, Mm. Paul said, "Well, uh, you know, he had this thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it was, and he said he he begged God to take it away, and he said he hasn't taken it away, right? Mm. And it keeps. And you know, I mean, people have." You know, tried to guess what, what that was. Is. Was it like yeah. a stutter or something that you know? Yeah. Uh, but um, we don't. Mm. We don't really know. Yeah, there, there is. There are just some things that God doesn't do, and and only God knows why. And sometimes we we, we never really know. There are some things that we do. Sometimes you know things that we that we do know. I mean, I like I can remember uh, once in in my early twenties, a very very defining moment, and it's a classic example of this where. Uh, I had a hand injury that stopped me playing, and I was obsessed with you know music. Mm. I, well, I was obsessed with music, but I was convinced that I was going to serve God with music, you know. But I had th- this injury that stopped me, and I and I wanted to go to music college and all this sort of stuff, and it just put an end. To, and I was devastated, and I went from one prayer thing to another. I just <laughs> chased after every sort of prayerful kind of moment or context that I could, and and I, and it just never it never went away, and and yet. I was so desperate and so disappointed in God. Like, why would you take this away? This is like, you, you could take anything else away, but you. This is just. Cr- I felt it, the cruelty of it mm. was just. And that you'd given it to him. It was like, I want you. I want to do oh, this for you. I want to play music. Oh yeah, for you. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I, you like, know this is. But I want to. You know, I my just, plan's a good plan, God. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. Th- there was. I, I could not see. It just actually seemed cruel. It's yeah. like yeah. God was saying, "Oh yeah, you really loved it, so I'm going to take that away from mm. you." Ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were times where I actually felt. You know, and, and, and I'm sure that attitude really grieved God. But, you know, the other part to that story is that I actually had an operation that should have, you know, pretty much was guaranteed to deal with after a while because it was elective surgery and uh, was non-critical. So I had to wait a long time. But then the same thing came back afterwards. It was like mm. I almost got a reverse miracle, mm. you know, yeah. and. And actually, in the midst of my in the midst of my misery, I, I sat in on some classes at theological college and. And I just became fascinated with that. And, and I started in the midst of all of that. I took a different trajectory. And uh, after a year of, you know, sitting in and dabbling in theological studies, I remember saying to God, I, I was so taken with this new direction. Like, I said, God, I don't, I don't think I want to be a musician anymore. I just want to do this, right? This is yeah. like, I just um, obsessed with, you know, I had a new kind of healthy uh, yeah. obsession, and yeah. yeah, and so I enrolled in a, in my theological degree, and uh, and 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 actually, not long after that, uh, my hand just came good again, mm-hmm. and that's when I started Sons of Korah, and because it was by that stage, it was like, well, if I'm going to play music, it's going to be all about the word, and yeah, and so it was a comp- like, and I can look back at that and look at how cruel I thought God was being, and yet now it's with a sigh of relief that mm-hmm. I think, oh, thank God did that, yes. because. Thank, thankfully, I don't know God what, didn't like give you what you thought dire- you wanted. Yeah, like yes. I, I, I never, never imagined that I would ever go to university. Mm-hmm. I had no idea mm-hmm. about that I would ever be even interested in an academic trajectory, mm-hmm. which which seems which strange is, yeah. now, right? But uh, you know, but it was in the midst of that tragedy. What what for me felt like the, the you know God was being cruel mm. that He was guiding me now. Look, there I can see a reason for yeah, it, now, yeah, and yep. we don't always no. see that. But but that's where you know I was chasing so much after something yeah. 
And at the time, you know, this is this was in the early nineties, and the whole faith, particularly the sort of word of faith, kind of, you know, you've got to believe, and yeah. you know, and if I believe enough, I'll be healed. It was yeah. that that was big back yeah. then, and and so you know, like I was, I, there was a bit of that going on as well. I'm just going to hold on to heal, and it, it really was something like a spiritual tantrum. In, in the name of faith, it was sort of justification of a spiritual tantrum. Now, you know, I, I think there is a faith in which we can, you know, uh, I mean, Jesus complements the faith of the, the Canaanite woman who, yeah. you know, um, you know, who keeps appealing to, to his, for his attention. Now, I mean, again, there's still a recognition of his lordship in that situation and, uh, you know, and, and. Uh, you know, there's the woman that touched Jesus' robe. There are plenty of these wonderful Roman moments. Roman soldier. Yeah, the yep. Roman soldier, you know, where Jesus complements their faith. So it is important that we trust God for the things that we need, and mm-hmm. we trust that he can do that. But we should not never presume how God is going to answer us or when. Yeah. You know, our, our prayer is like with the psalmist, but I trust in your unfailing love. I'm going to find you in the midst of it. That ultimately is faith needs to be person oriented, not some, not so, chasing something, but someone. So our faith and trust in God should be dependent, not on whether or not he answers and gives us the things that yeah. we want. So we will trust him even if he doesn't. Yeah. That seems to be where he wants us. It's almost like you've got to lay those things on the altar mm. And allow God yeah. to do what, what he wills with them. And if he was to give us the things that we ask for all the time, then our faith would become that. Because as soon as we don't get what we want, mm. we would probably go off like a spoiled child yeah. and throw our hands up and go, well, God, you know, you know yeah. and, and walk away from God. And he doesn't want us to, to, he doesn't want our faith and trust in him to be dependent on him doing that's right. Something. Yeah. And, and I, I'm so glad now that I learned that lesson very early, as painful as that period was, mm-hmm. that I learned that lesson early on. Because otherwise, our faith becomes... Have you ever heard... I don't know if you've heard this getting around, but this idea of manifesting, uh, like people that you manifest something that you really want. It's it, It's been around on and off, but it, it had a revival with a book called The Secret. That pe- Now, oh, I, I've okay. not read the book, but... Yeah. It's this idea that you visualize the thing that you want, yeah. right? It's a very typical thing in sports, actually, in sports performance. Yeah. Visualize the ball going through the goalpost. Yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. Kind of in a, in a downright well, way, yeah, but yeah, it's that, very I mean, that's, that's probably in a more psychology. ordinary – yeah, that's, that's in a more ordinary sense, but it's been extended. And I think, you know, I think maybe it's – Kind of related to the positive thinking that Norman Vincent Peale kind of, right. uh, it's it's a little bit related to uh, Christian science, you know, the Christian science reading rooms that you see mm. around the place, mm. that they very much have this idea that you visual, because like reality, that our faith can change reality in, you know, if, if we... Well, believe it enough, mm. it'll reality will bend uh, for our faith. So So if you are sick, you need to not, ever confess that that would be to make a negative confession mm. no i'm healed i'm mm. healed you you just you, you sort of hold on to it's kind of related to that mm. now that that's an idea that came out of the uh the christian science that through norman vincent peel made had 
made its way into, you know, pe- Pentecostalism, particularly through Pentecostal preachers like Kenneth mm. Copeland and, and guys like mm. that, Creflo Dollar and, and, uh, um, what's the other guy? Benny Hinn. Yeah, Benny Hinn Benny and these guys. You know, it's that, you know, you just, you just declare that it's already done. You know, it's, it's already done and, and, and you sort of visualize it. And, uh, and anyway, that, that's had a bit of a, like a secular, re- and, and by the way, that's not really, fa- that's, to me, that's, <laughs> It's something that there's a something more like a bit of a spiritual tantrum yeah. uh, in, in in that really. It's well, a uh, lot of the word of those in the word of faith, or at least have been. It's a good old name up, it and claim it sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, being brought up in it, a lot of their faith seems to be based around the idea of some sort of power now that authority, which which is all based, it's all rooted yeah. in biblical truths, but it's kind of. Amplified. Very selectively. You know, yeah, very yeah, selectively. Yeah. Yeah. It's like now that I'm a Christian and I have the authority of God and the power of God to make these yeah. declarations. And there's, there's truth, obviously, in all of that, but it kind of skews you towards a. It's quite ambitious for me. Like it's appealing to my ego to think that now God's raised me up to be this yeah. powerful person. Even if I'm using God's power, I've got this kind of. Authority and, and faith. It is in in that situation. Faith is understood as a kind of power. So you know mm-hmm. uh, they believe that even God used faith to create uh, create the world. The word. I mean, the different yeah. different mm-hmm. people in this stream say slightly different things. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is seen as a kind of power that mm-hmm. you have to to get the things that you want. We- and and in fact, you know, and and they say, you know, I heard one teacher's. Uh, say, you know, if you go to a car yard and you buy anything less than the best car, mm-hmm. and the, you 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 lack faith, like mm-hmm. that's um, so that's your classic sort of name it and claim it. The, one of the biggest problems with that, and and, and connecting that with what we've been saying, mm-hmm. is th- that struck me when I listened to that stuff is that it wasn't relational; it, it was believing for something. Stuff. Yeah, it was about getting something. It just there was not that sense of trusting in God, like that real sense of nestling into God and, and in a sense, sacrificing my will to the will of God. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, a, that is the most, the core element of faith actually mm-hmm. yeah. is that sense of self-sacrifice. I sacrifice what I want. It's not my will, Jesus mm-hmm. said, but your will. It's that, mm-hmm. that complete mm-hmm. resignation and complete surrender to God. That's yeah. faith in its, in its deepest sense. Otherwise, cause, and, and this is the interesting thing about, you know, all of this stuff about manifesting that's that people are talking about. I mean, you know, like Jim Carrey talks about it. He says that he manifested his his career, his mm-hmm. success. You know, he wrote a check for himself for ten million dollars at one point. You know, I'm visualizing it and and mm. it's kinda it's very similar actually to mm. that to that sort of word of faith kind yeah. of thing. And yeah. and it you know, but it's it's just non relational. I was talking to someone about it. Uh, recently, oh, if you you know non Christian person, oh, you got to read the secret, and this is the mm-hmm. you know I you know where uh, you know I'm visualizing this, and and you know I'm going to manifest, mm-hmm. it, you know I, mm-hmm. this is I want this to happen, and I'm I'm manifesting it, you know, mm-hmm. which is uh, what do you think of that? And I said, well, just my my response was, I think the most important thing I said is actually our relationship with God, not getting the things that yeah. we want. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's getting the thing that we most need in life, which is yeah. getting our life into orbit around God, mm-hmm. endlessly chasing after the one thing and then another thing. And I just, I just think we we become spiritually speaking like mm. these spoiled little kids, so, running around chasing things. So the truth is, God does want to give us good things, but yeah. 
the bigger picture here is the best thing he can give us is a true, deep relationship with him and restoring the order yeah. that is right. Yeah, that's right. And, and so if he just – he wants us to have faith despite whether or not he gives us good things. Mm. So the, the good things – it's it's fine to believe that God wants to give us good things and he does give us good things, but he doesn't want our faith to be built on the basis yeah. because he gives us good things, that's I right. will have faith. Yeah, that's, no, right. that's right. And that's a that's you know, looking inside myself, that's quite a journey to actually to, to, to take me to a place where that's actually authentic. Yeah. I'm probably not really there yet, but that's a big challenge for God to move all of us. Yeah. into that direction mm. that kind of faith and and that's that's a good point we we it still is important to recognize that god is good and and that he he does want to give us good things but ultimately what he wants is for us to be close to him mm-hmm. uh, i was thinking about this and and beyond yeah. that close to him because we're on mission yeah that's right you know, at the end of the day, if it was just about yeah, being point. close to him and, and living in eternity, then the minute I made a decision, he would take me to heaven. Oh, yeah, that's right. The reality yeah. is I'm left here because he wants to now use my life. Because he wants other people to be close to him to as be well. Close to him yeah, as well. that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I, I was thinking about this recently, actually, when with my tithing, to be honest. I, I you know, because as we all know, you know, interest rates have gone up and, mm. and, and everything's more expensive. It's like, oh, this is like, <laughs> you know, to heard of it. Yeah, yeah. it's like my, you know, my income hasn't, hasn't yeah. sort of changed, and but all the costs and everything. And, and, and there's part of me that, that could make that transactional. Like if I, God, you'll yeah, understand. If I give, interest rates if, if I give this, yeah. then, then, yeah. Or, or, or maybe I'll give this and then suddenly you'll make me rich, you know, and, and, and I, I, I you know, that's when I get back to some of these word faith teachers. If you're, you know, if you give, he'll give oh. back a hundredfold, right? Yeah. So I'm, you know, um, mm. but you know, it may be that God just actually wants me to learn to uh, cope with having less. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. Know? It's like, yeah. and, and actually learn to trust, yeah. uh, and learn to trust through having less, mm. you know, and, and, and I, I was thinking about this, you know, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to tie this and, and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe God, I just, I caught myself thinking, oh, maybe God will cause this in this thing to go really well and, and, and I'll get more money and I'm buying and, something. Yeah. Like I'm paying God off. It's yeah. like, I'm, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, maybe it was all, all of the, all of that sort of teaching that's like out there about sow the seed and you know, it's like you know, an insurance policy. Yeah. If I do this, then yeah. I'm kind yeah. of hopefully and 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 look, maybe God and here. maybe God will like you know I don't want to discount that no. God may uh, yeah. you know may do that and and I may say you know God has shown far more goodness than I ever mm. uh, that my life warrants. And I think we've all been there, yeah. man. I think we all do that all the time. That's a constant check for me. It's like, oh, hang on, what's my motive for doing this? Yeah, it's just it's that's I'm what I'm saying. I just caught myself. In that transactional sort of thing. Oh well, mm. if I do mm. this, like sowing a seed, and I'll get like it's some investment. Mm. Yeah. And I and I just felt God saying to me, "No, this is relational. Yes. I want you to trust me. This mm. is about that really it, in in this time of need, mm. actually nestling into me. It's a physical way of uh, of mm-hmm. trusting me and yeah. and including trusting God as my provider yeah. as well. Totally. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. find myself constantly having to say when I have these thoughts, "No, no." God, you owe me nothing. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. I owe you everything. You owe me nothing. Because yeah. I kind of go, oh, well, God, remember, I really went out here and, you know, and it's like, no, no, hang on. God owes me nothing. Mm. He yeah. owes me nothing. And, and, and yet he promises us yes. 
an unending flow of his goodness and faithfulness. Mm. But he doesn't owe it to me. Though. Yeah, he doesn't owe it to you. That's right. Mm. He, it's, it's a promise by grace. Mm. But this is getting back to what you said before, Stu. Like his purpose for us, his best for us, for our lives, is that we walk in his purpose. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, you know, David says, my cup runs over. You know, God often, he doesn't just give us just what we need. And often it's just gifts, you know, yeah, that he totally. just wants us to know. There's been so many points in my life where I've just thought, God, you have blessed me so much. Mm. My cup runs over. It's not anything that I need, but mm. uh, you, you have poured, you've just been so good to me. And, mm. and, and that is God. He, he, he is, he is a good mm. father, but the most important thing is is actually the purpose that he has for our lives and and fulfilling that purpose yeah. and i and and for you know i take that that gratitude and that understanding of god's goodness and uh and and it becomes part of my part of my testimony but also a very important part of my testimony is and i would say even more important are those experiences when i find peace when i don't get the things that i want or mm. when the threat hasn't lifted, and I've found absolute peace. It's that, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is remarkable. You know, mm. I, I feel nervous about asking God to lead me to yeah. quite that place, but, but I think there's um, it's the I'll, deepest point. While you were talking too, I was just thinking of this idea too that those dry periods we 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 think of them as being like really hard, less than ideal things to walk through, and but. I'm sort of thinking there that if you're in that kind of stage of your your journey, the fact that God lets us walk through them mm. is almost in itself a kind of trusting us to now go and actually mm. practically d- dig those roots yeah. of faith. So it's almost like if it feels really dry, God's allowing us now mm. creating that space for us to dig those mm. those roots of faith, but he's also doing it in a way that he knows that what he's given you already mm. is enough to carry you yeah. through the other side. Yeah. So if you embrace that dry period yeah. and actually say, look, all right, I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm trusting that God has actually got this. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't let me walk through it. Mm. Yeah. Well, the fact way. that you recognize that it's a dry place is the start. Yeah. You know, you're recognizing the absence of God rather than just carrying on with life as yeah. though you didn't even notice God wasn't there. And and in my experience, I found soon after the times I feel like I've really heard from God, man, that's when I'm in the desert. Yeah. It's like suddenly it's that's like, right. hang on, God, I just heard from you and I, I've stepped out and now where are you? you so know, it's, like, yeah. it's like as if we've we've been now put into a place where we've we've reached a maturity level where God says, I'm going to let you walk through that dry period because that's what you need to yeah. walk through in order to, to deepen those roots mm-hmm. yeah so rather than see them even as that god's even just retracted because you've done something wrong or going down the wrong path or or whatever to actually embrace it in a way and, and kind of go well look you know me god you wouldn't mm. let me walk through this dry period if you didn't think you'd already built enough good yeah, stuff right. in me to carry to carry me through and i was thinking too like you know, one of the things that I did experience with God more recent, like in the last 15 years, uh, when I actually really lost faith again, like six years where I walked from God again. It's hard to believe based on the stuff I've already said. And I really shut God out of my life to a point where I thought God doesn't exist at all. 
and I totally tried to embrace being an atheist. Mm. And I never, I, I really did shut God out. And I thought I was so far away from God. And I, I actually said to God, I'm never coming back to you again unless you absolutely reveal yourself in a way that completely, permanently, once and for all, leaves yeah. me with no doubt. And there was a six-year period of not hearing from God. I wasn't seeking God. I wasn't I had no interest whatsoever. I just remember this experience where I was in the car and I was driving into work, not thinking about God, thinking about the work that I had to do for the day. And this words dropped into my mind which said, you think you're so far away from me. You can go and do whatever you like. You're not far away from me at all. You can go and do, say whatever you want, live your life how you want it. Mm. Don't ever think that I haven't actually got you more than, you know, just outside of my reach. And, And God said, the only thing that I want you to do, the only thing I'm going to put on you that I require from you is to leave the door open just enough so that when I speak, you'll listen. And I learned something in that, that I thought I was so far away from God, Mm. but God kind of showed me that Mm. that's not true at all. There was almost no difference between me being in such a dry, desolate state in terms of what I thought the relationship was and to where God actually wanted me to be. Yeah. It was almost no difference. Yeah. It was what it seemed like it was just nothing compared to God. Yeah. All he wanted was just just keep the door open. Yeah. So when I do speak, and there's also a promise in that that said, I'm going to speak. Yeah. But not now. That's and you know, and it's it you know, it kind of ties in a bit with what we're talking about, yeah, those dry periods, because yeah. I learned something in that that there's actually you know, those dry periods, they're not what we think they yeah. are. Yeah, that's right. To bring this back to to where we started, and I, and, and I I love the, the the emphasis here has been on that very immediate uh, knowledge that we have of God in faith. That faith is that knowledge that God wants to deepen. It's that really burrowing more deeply into that constancy of God. It's not a power. It's not a way of getting things. It's not like a stick, you know, one of those little gadget sticks with the little claw on it. It's not to extend our reach and get things from God. Faith is relational. It's that connection with God and God in deepening our faith wants us ultimately to really burrow more deeply into Him. And that's really what it's about. It's about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thrive Perspectives. Our hope is that these discussions will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective. You'll find all our resources at the Thrive Today website, thrivetoday.tv. If there's a topic that you'd like us to discuss, please email us. Our email is contact at thrivetoday.tv. Until next time, our prayer is that you will thrive.